Welcome to the Visionaire Edit Podcast, where we hear the stories and journeys of trailblazers, game changers, and tastemakers, where vision, power, and purpose meets conversation. Hosted by myself, Vanessa Rokais. Let's get started. Hey, Visionaires. Welcome to your weekly dose of the Visionaires Edit Podcast. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode. This week's episode is a continuation of my To Thrive event, Can We Talk Black? An open discussion surrounding the Black Lives Matter issues. This is part two. We talk more about workplaces, mental health and solutions. Let's get it started. Interesting one because just today I literally had that conversation um, at work. Um, I, I, I think... There is. I don't think all. I don't think all the companies or all the brands are not genuinely trying to be involved or trying to find ways to make things better. I think there are companies who are trying to find ways to, I guess, fight the monster and and, and create more awareness and and trying to be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. in the recruitment process and whatnot um so because today i just joined a new organization today um i was actually quite pleasantly pr- um, surprised to to hear that you know the conversation really started even though i'm the only black person in the team but obviously i was hired prior to the whole event this whole thing mm-hmm. happening um yeah. but then i it did, it did occur to me that they would they already would have already started to have a have the conversation before i before i started um and what I thought was very was very good is they actually have assigned a few people in the team mm-hmm. to go and like literally learn about black history um, and educate themselves not just with you know the things that they've um, you know been told or things just normal information around slavery and stuff like that mm-hmm. but also trying to understand the black struggle you know how it might be difficult for a black person to get a job if you have a very ethnic name or um how difficult certain things um or how you know black people can take certain jokes quote-unquote yeah. um and, and I, I i was quite impressed that you know she also had said or the person who, who spoke today said that they themselves realized where they were making mistakes or where they would have made mistakes or things that they've done in the past that may have come across as inappropriate or, or racist. Um, so I think some organization are actually making some steps and making moves in the right direction. And I, I also agree that some people is just PR. It, they, they're trying to um, just have it seem as if they're doing stuff. Um, I think ultimately, within each organization um are what we have as people the people who lead organization they are the one that should really be you know making those decisions and and actions to not just put put things in place to tackle the the, the black struggle and you know the things that we face but i think a lot of educating needs to happen um, i think one thing i've started to learn is a lot of the times the things that we may see as um racism or um prejudice it, it, a lot of it comes from a lot of um, ignorance and um 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 not just knowing about um i guess our community so for example somebody asked me is the offense is it really offensive if we touch your hair because to them it's just curiosity because they don't really know what it feels like um and i said yes it is offensive and you should probably ask someone before you touch their hair so i think some people just need to really understand things better i think at the bottom of everything before you know if we're trying to put statements out there and trying to seem as if you're doing the right stuff i think each person individually within just even in our personal life but also within organization um from all the races not just white people asian people i think a lot of education needs to happen i think a lot of people just don't know stuff and they assume stuff um and i think again a lot of unconscious bias do happen where you know preconceived notions and ideas about a particular race um impact or affect the way you treat them um but you don't actually um consciously mean to offend people but because of what you think you know about them especially if you're not close enough to them you start to 
display those those behaviors and i think before any of that pr stuff needs to go out there because i agree a lot of it is just pr a lot of it is just companies trying to save face i think there needs to be a lot of training internally around the black culture and what is offensive what is an offensive what is inappropriate what are the things they need to unlearn within themselves within themselves Can I ask your question please ify yeah sure um how would you answer the question to people who feel like why is it up to me to explain it because um, okay. it's it's, it's a, and because i i i agree with what you're saying and and to be fair i am those people that that um, feel like why should i explain it but i see what you're saying and there's sense but i still feel like but it's why should I have to explain to you? Don't touch my hair. Why must I explain um, to you this and that? It's is it? Thank you. Thank you. Can you? Okay. Um, I I would say so. I think in this particular, just before I answer your question, I think it's very easy to get carried away by your emotions, but then sometimes it's just worth just stopping to think about it logically with that emotion. Why? What would be a reason for someone touching my hair? Would it 100% be because they just don't like the hair or are they curious and want to touch the hair? And I know, and I know to us on the receiving end, it's, it's like, oh, don't touch me. Don't, you know, I'm not some type of animal. Don't touch me. But I think if you take the emotion out of it, you'll find that there's, it's more to do. And I, I'm not saying this 100% what it is. I'm saying a lot of it is curiosity from not knowing than knowing and trying to be offensive, if that makes sense. And I think to what to the, I guess to the topic is, um, you know, companies, organizations aren't just the walls and the and the bricks and mortars or whatever. It's actually people in like the 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 the, the PR statements and all the things they're trying to you know talk, Black Lives Matters and stuff like that that HRs are putting out. I think they're putting out this blanket statement, but they're not doing the underground work. And I think that underground work needs to be a lot of educating, either be it's um, anonymous education. So, you know, people feel like they don't understand a few things and want to know what might be considered offensive. Then maybe HR needs to have a program out where, you know, it's basically helping people understand what, um, what actions that people may be committing or doing um, within the workplace or outside the workplace that could be offensive to another race. Um, I yeah. think that would be one way. I think once people start to... to to um to educate them so that I know better I think the behaviors will start to change um because I think within most people just to, to conclude I think within most people we do tend to treat things that we don't understand differently so uh, I had a conversation with a friend earlier today and I said you know during the 9-11 stuff with the media and everything they put out about Muslims and then like the headscarf and stuff like that a lot of us had a lot of bias and that's because we don't we don't know what well, we didn't know too much about the um um you know a lot of muslim people a lot of the the that community and so we literally just took what the media told us and then that bias just kind of kicked in but when you start to have those one-to-one conversation with mm. the muslim person you start to understand that this behavior and that action might be offensive to you and then you start to realize these are not just you know um boxes and, and people in one bucket these are actual individual people and you know yeah. You can't just put people in one bucket. And I think before going around and just putting statements out there, people individually need to learn about different races and different Definitely. cultures and different people. And then as an organization, when you've worked within yourself and in yourself to undo some of that bias and stuff like that, you wouldn't even necessarily need to put a statement or, or make or, or make big changes because I think individually mm-hmm. the those um things which just start to unravel if, if that makes sense i think that's that's just my take and i think it's it's good that they put in statements out there but i think the best way to go about it would be to help people learn and 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 unlearn things and and get educated about the black race and african race and american race and all that stuff great thank you so much if we so insightful um sorry there was so much stuff that if we just said that my mind was just all over the place uh, but, um, Ray was saying something earlier, and I completely agree with her point. Um, I do think the whole PR that these companies are doing is literally all just to save face. None of these companies care. Like, they do not give a damn. If they did care, they would have been doing stuff from before. Um, I contract in the NHS, and I also work um, with autistic kids or something completely different. 
when I'm doing my contracting, I work as a clinical systems trainer. The company that I mainly contract with, like my main contractors, pretty much 90% of the contractors are black. Then there's what, about 5% of us are um, female. You, not one of them even bothered to send us, you know, send any kind of email or anything. I then see, I saw them post something on um, LinkedIn saying, you know, we pride ourselves for this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? I've seen the way you treat your staff members. I've had arguments with you because of the tone that you have spoken to me in compared to how you've spoken to my white counterparts. You don't really do anything that really suggests that you are as diverse as you say you are, even when it comes to pay. I've had conversations with my white counterparts who have, I mean, as contractors, you're not really supposed to discuss what you're, you know, you're getting paid. But they have told me that they've been getting paid more than me and they have only just entered the field. I've had two contracts where I've been originally told that I'm going to have the senior role, get there and been given the junior role, but I'm doing the senior role job. And then the person that has got the senior role happens to be um, Caucasian and doesn't actually know the job. This happens and you're just thinking hang on a minute what exactly is going on like how can I be how can you tell me that I've actually got the contract on this basis get there tell me there was some kind of mix-up whatever and then still have to do the job is it because I'm an ethnic minority or is it because I'm a female you know there's that thing as well and I do feel like a lot of these things is literally just to tick box you've got all these brands like that are saying oh you know we're very diverse we've got you know all of this kind of stuff and it's like well no you're not really diverse if you look at your models they might have um the typical black features but when it comes to the actual ethnicity they aren't diverse you look at um i don't know if you guys know somebody called um jackie ania she called out a lot of these companies like plt and um fashion nova who stay making money from, you know, the, the common black quotes and this, that, and the other. But when it came to showing your support for what's going on, silence. L'Oreal, that had the cheek to come and do a post saying that they um, are diverse and all this kind of stuff. But when, um, I can't remember what um, that model's called, there was a model who spoke out on racism and they gave her the boot within seconds. But now you want to come and say, oh, um, we're very diverse. We do this, that, and the other. We didn't forget when you got rid of Homegirl. Like, let's not act like you have always been there for the people, power to the people, now that, you know, you can see that there's an uprising. Like, come on, you can't, you can't now be coming to do this, that, and the other when your, your, your history doesn't prove it. There's this thing going on on Twitter where people are saying, you know what, all of these companies are saying giving out all these generic statements. How about you show us your statistics? Let us see who you've got working for you and let's see where they're working for you. Yes, you've got a lot of companies. I'm, I'm not trying to name and shame anyone. You might have Asda that are saying that, yeah, we have a high um, diverse amount of staff, but are they all the way at the bottom, stuck in shelves, not to shade any job, or are they at the top? You know, like, let's not act like there's different types of level of systematic racism and you can't just take, put out a blanket statement and say, yes, where for the people, it doesn't work like that. Sorry, I'm just, there's so much stuff in my mind going on right now that I'm literally like, oh my God. No, 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 I, I, I completely agree. Um, from an international development point of view, so I work with projects to do with the UN, and I've definitely seen a lot of these um, companies who um, are doing world aid in Africa, and it's always a turning point. I always feel like the token person because um, my last company I was working in was more of an international in, in education sector in Africa and the lady turned to me and asked me oh Vanessa do you think they will understand this and I was like well it's in English so why wouldn't they understand and it was more annoying for me because I didn't go to school all this time or study all this long or get a job all this time like this much experience for you to be asking me stupid questions and I think we're just tired of asking those stupid questions when we get to workplaces like if we've done the work to get the job we should be seen as somebody who is yeah I like I'm tired I'm tired of it and even when you go into international development you'd be very surprised that 
it'll only be like one percent black most of my organizations i've worked with i'm probably the only black person and then i have to kind of sit in conversations where this discussing the lives of black people and even in different charities and it's not a concern it is really like okay we're going to put money here but we're going to save money and give more money to a director and this is what keeps happening so it's about us bringing ourselves together and trying to create change so i want everybody to think about solutions as well um um, nad's going to speak and then we're going to move on to mental health and then everybody who has their points just keep your points going hiya um so my name is nad um and i thought it was quite interesting topic because i've had quite an interesting day or even week within like what's been going on so i work I, i work in corporate banking and i work for one of the big four banks and it was on tuesday i was quite frustrated that nothing had been said wow. of concern to black people um about what's going on around the world and in the uk so i emailed the manager director and just to put that into context that's my boss's boss's boss mm-hmm. and i just said one line i just said is anybody going going to address the um the 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 feelings that black people the hurt that black people may be feeling during this difficult time mm-hmm. he called me we had a really constructive conversation genuinely construct the first one started with an apology and okay. it was allegedly at the end of the week however that's too late it's not about that we need to address the situation now he'd already address um drafted an email which went out to about 400 people um and then went one step further suddenly we were on a call we've got a panel of me Joshua and my other colleague um Oli three complete diverse black people on the panel and we had a conversation to discuss black lives matter no fuss no um then what the conversation we're not hiding it in the bame um letters it was simply about black people and Honestly, a lot of us were nervous. We thought we wouldn't get an engagement. 1000 people dialed in to watch the webinar. 1000 people in a commercial banking organization yeah. that's actually 400. So there was about 500 from somewhere and 100 from elsewhere. And what we got we I think my point to this, talk about it. Reach out. I'm 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 getting tired. I'm getting old. And for me specifically, I can't be asked to tiptoe around the organization. So, and for me, and, and uh, you know, what you said is about approaching, I approach everything from a positive way of what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. What are we doing about it? Is as opposed to this is the issue. What are we going to do about it? And I get the frustration and it's right. And we are frustrated. We're all exa- tired that we are the one who have to enforce the change. But at yeah. this point, I'm the only person. So if I don't speak up, who will? Exactly. And that's the bit where I struggle between absolutely feeling very, very frustrated at the, you know, that why am I calling out? The, and surely it's obvious I'm feeling hurt. But if I don't call out, and and what's happened today is the positive emails I've actually received from. equal parts of black and equal parts of white i talked about gentrification if you don't think racism is in the uk i want about gentrification let's talk about gentrification let's talk about the the criminal justice system system here there's a recent research that was published january before the black lives matter movement about you know how black and other ethnic minorities get harsher sentences on the same crime as our counterparts Let's talk about racism football. Why are we also So the way I approached it, I just talked about things that everybody knew about. Right? Mm-hmm. And that it's received the the most engagement I've ever had in I've been corporate banking for 10 years now and wow. that's the most I've ever had a genuine and I I'm not sure if it's the pandemic we're all still so we are forced to listen we can no longer pre- we are all still busy but we're not moving and busy we're still and busy um and i'm seeing a change in the the willingness for people to listen because we're we're moving statues we're angry we're frustrated so why are we frustrated and that's what the engagement i had from my organization so the only thing i probably say in this call just keep pushing forward i know it's frustrating we're all angry mm-hmm. but at this point if i was to just have stay silent i'm not sure what that cause would have been nad i think that's amazing 
was good. That's thank really you so it. much. Thank you so much for the change. Thank you so much for the conversation. And everybody should take note of the like the position and what you've done, definitely. Um, I'm going to move on um, swiftly because it's, it's getting quite late and I want to get on, I want to spend a lot of time on solutions. So I think for now, uh, we're going to go on to mental health. Do you want to talk a bit yeah, about that? Yeah, we'll just do a bit of that quickly. So obviously everything we've kind of spoken about today is, and we've kind of touched it at points, is going to, ha it's going to affect mental health. I don't know about anyone else, but I was personally, last week I was just flat out and couldn't work, couldn't even watch TV, just stared into space. And I just wanted to talk about if anyone's experiences or what do you think is, you know, do you know any good organisations or what you've done to kind of combat that, whether it's just deleting your socials or actually seeking help? Um, I think for me, um, I was a, a definitely a, a point of rage um, came over me. Definitely as I saw the stuff that was going on the internet and not feeling kind of powerless and a way to help. Um, and a lot of people reached out to me um, through my organization to Thrive and was asking me, okay, so what are you guys doing? And I was sitting down strategizing the whole day, but it's depressing. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be really honest. I'm having conversations even with black people who I feel like I have to explain the way I feel or why my mental health, why I'm so angry. And I think it's something that we definitely need to talk about. And so I'm open to everybody um, pitching in. We have a couple of mental health professionals on this call, and I'd like to hear from them as well, um, just moving forward, how we can do that. So Ray, do you wanna take? Oh, hi, yeah. um, just to say quickly that, um, so I watched something before COVID and before all this um, happened, and it, and it really touched home that um, a lot of black people actually suffer from PTSD, but, but we don't know it. Um, if you've seen someone get shot in the face, if you've seen someone be killed, if you've seen something like, just because it doesn't affect you directly, we are suffering. Like if you were, if you had racism at school, at college, at uni, at workplace, these things, you know, do affect you. And this program, it, it delved into that a lot. We need to think about how this racism and, and how we live our day-to-day -day lives and how much it affects us. There are so many companies that offer counseling service and and again I, I i would say this if you're black i think i think it's important to um um especially a black female it's important to get um a therapist that is black as as well that can understand your struggle talking about it again is is one thing that day that so the whole george floyd thing happened on a monday i saw the video on on the wednesday and it it depressed like i was crying all day it was and i didn't expect it because I, I'm not that emotional, but just seeing that it touched a nerve. And then I had to watch that video again and say, okay, it's because it's on top of everything else. So please, we as black people, we need to push therapy. Therapy helps a lot. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, I see a professional, She's a, she is a black woman. At first I debated when I was looking for a therapist, I was like, oh, I don't wanna have to choose a black woman. But in the end, it's, it's become, she got me. So when I was saying stuff, I didn't have to therefore say, oh, this happened to me in the workplace and this is why it's affecting me. She knew exactly what I got. She was able to share her own experiences, which I really valued. So I'm, I'm definitely happy I decided to do that. And I think there is um, a stigma in the black community about seeking help. I think it's just kind of prey on it or, um, you know, get over it basically. And I think that's the issue we're having. We're having to just get over stuff or just ignore it and I, I think for a lot of people it's just not possible anymore so please do seek help I've seen a lot of people have shared um a few sites within the chat so um yeah please please visit those even if it is just to um tell other people about it yeah I think mental health is really important it's something that we really need to address um I've had so many incidents at work where it's just kind of like I can't believe that I'm having to experience this level of racism or this level of sort of like just prejudice in the workplace in 2020 or 20 like yeah um I think the biggest thing sometimes is when it's sort of not over as well so it's like the microaggressions and it makes you think like you're going crazy like am I yeah. wrong am I like over analyzing or anything and I think the key thing is just to realize if you feel a certain way about something it is that and that you need to address it and um like not just push it back or just say, oh, maybe I'm overthinking, like actually take the time to see, to kind of talk it out and, and address it and just don't kind of over 
overshadowed. And I think it's really important for everyone just to kind of like really take moments for yourself. If it's like coming off social media, if it's taking a step back, I think see, like talking to a therapist or talking to somebody is, is really important. It shouldn't be something that people are afraid or ashamed of doing either. But um, yeah, I would definitely say like, don't ever think, don't ever think to yourself that you don't, you're not justified in your feelings. Thank you, Nat. That's a really good point. Keely? Um, just a quick one. I was just going to say, most people's workplaces probably actually do already offer free mental health services. Mm -hmm. You probably just don't know about it. So um, it won't always be advertised, but even if your workplace doesn't generally offer that as a standard procedure, if you were to go to your management or to your HR to say, I'm suffering mentally, like I feel like I need a bit of support. I think they kind of, it does sort of depend what field you work in, but they do have some kind of obligation to signpost you. So obviously you can, you can go NHS IAP, there's a lot of things you can get easily, but I've had counselling through work. I mean, I do work in healthcare, so it's very, it was very easy for me to access it. But um, when you go through the workplace, they have to give you, I think it's something like eight sessions. They have to follow it up. They have to check if you like need further sort of signposting. So I would say like someone said, like a lot of black people do something PTSD without knowing. And I think the first step is just to seek the help because it might, you might think, oh, it's not that bad. I get a bit down from time to time or whatever, but we're all in this lockdown, first of all, which is going to affect everyone's mental health. Mm -hmm. then we have this whole thing of we just watching videos of like our people getting killed which we're just getting so used to so I think people should just sort of look out to their workplaces or even have a quick google search just to seek the help in the first place thank you yeah that's really good does any of the mental health um practitioners on this call want to speak about something hi I'm a psychotherapist but yeah I mean things a few things we mentioned earlier on and something about comparing um, America, the US to the UK and about the racism um, and I, I think one of the issues is, is that because it's I always say it's like a big R the small R big R is that it's explicit and in the UK it's implicit and so it's just as dangerous and what we're suffering is a lot of black people I think every black person is suffering from um, PTSD um, some more words um, um, from trauma PTSD from, yes get my words mixed up, um, are suffering from that. And a lot of time we've been told racism is not a big issue. Like we're told that it's not because it doesn't happen here. It's not a big deal. When things happen to you, when you're passed over from a, um, a position, and when you're followed or profiled in the shop, when, you know, it's a combination of all these type of different things and it doesn't have to be leading to somebody being killed, but it does happen here as well. Um, so this combination of things, black people are suffering from it and it's a trigger. And I had a session with somebody who was, you know, wondering why they couldn't, they was so down, um, wasn't sleeping well, you know, just felt so depressed, felt so low. I said, you're suffering from a trauma. We are all suffering from a trauma and we need to own it and say we are suffering from a trauma. And, the, you know, the, what, we, what we, we're, we're experiencing is something serious. And a lot of time it's been put down to something that isn't a, that a big deal and we should get over it. And I'm not talking about black people telling other black people. If we're in a society, we've been told it's not that big deal. It's, you know, it's, it's all in your head. You know, they don't see it, it's not happening, and it is. And so um, I think it's important that people do seek support. And if it's not through, you know, um, like seeing somebody like a psychotherapist or a psychologist, even seeking some sort of support outlet where you can discuss it and know that it's, it's an experience that you are having and it is real and you have every right to feel angry or depressed or low because that's what happens when you're going through a trauma and we need to own it as a trauma and racism it does exist here and no matter how small it might be perceived or we've been told it is still racism and we're still being disempowered and that's what racism is so i've been hearing that that this has fallen from what was said before um comparison to the us we can't compare ourselves to the US. Um, 
and a subtle racism we need to I mean and actually for me my workplace they have they have um, had forums and talked about it I had decided that I am not going to um, put myself in a position where I make it you know I find that as, as a black person you often are silenced and you often um, try to make conversations like that much more comfortable mm -hmm. and easier for other people and I said I'm not going to do that why should I why should I make it comfortable because I'm living uncom with uncomfortability all the time so if you're going to feel uncomfortable for half an hour then you feel uncomfortable for own it and I don't think it's uh, just black people's responsibility mm -hmm. to deal with racism actually I think it's a perpetrator so and I just said in the meeting that I'm tired I'm fed up I'm exhausted from being angry. I'm exhausted from being upset. I'm exhausted from being sad and feeling pain. And it's not my responsibility. And what they can do is speak up, to own it. So when you have your colleague saying something that is obviously racist, don't just say, oh, well, I didn't say anything because you didn't say anything. It's their responsibility to say something. Mm -hmm. And I said it, I just say it out there. So I don't speak first because I'm, well, in my field as hardening a black psychotherapist at all. Mm -hmm. And it's often looked at me to mention the culture or the race or anything like that. I don't, I don't. I, I, I do eventually, but I'm not the first one because it's for them to own it. And I think that's what we need to start doing. Actually, I think we need to start pointing the finger and saying, you need to own this. You need to speak to, you know, your, your family members, your friends, everybody around you and own it and speak up and pull it out call it out call it out when you see it and you hear it that's their responsibility definitely thank you so much kinda thank you for your interest on it it i definitely feel like that Bree, do you want to speak and then nad yeah i just wanted to um touch upon the whole issue of like mental health in the workplace and kind of speaking out about it at work um so i work as a speech and language therapist and um, earlier this year, I think that my mental health was affected just kind of due to like ongoing personal issues that I experienced. And um, it kind of manifested in the form of like panic attacks and just like heightened anxiety. And then like um, all of this stuff that has been going on has not helped because I just feel like it's kind of like just triggered my anger. And um, I think I just got to the point where I was just like, you know what, I'm not feeling okay and I'm just going to speak out about it. So I spoke to my um, supervisor and I just said, I'm not feeling okay, this is what's gone on. And um, I was very open and I was very transparent. And I think sometimes we as black people don't want to speak out about these things because we don't want to feel like we are not, we're, we're like seen as the ones who are not doing a good job or, you know, we want to seem like we're like super productive and things. So I think it's just good to kind of, you know, speak your truth, say what's going on. And once I did do that, they were super supportive. And, um, I think it was Keely who said that your organisations can always signpost you to counselling and things and they signposted me to like a 24-hour counselling helpline and then also you can have access to like counselling as well um, like one-to-one -one sessions as well. So I think that at work it's best probably not to be silent, to always speak. If you are struggling, if you are going through any mental health challenges, say it because then if we don't say it and then we're underperforming, um, then it will just look like, you know, we're the ones who are not possibly doing a good job, but then there are actually underlying issues. Um, and also I would say that um, a good website for people to go to, just to signpost people to, is Mind as well. And they offer a lot of free services as well for people. Great, thank you so much. Um, Nads, do you want to speak on this? After Nads, we're just going to move on quickly. No, the only thing I was just going to add on to that, because um, mm -hmm. Brie was very articulate and everything she said, mm -hmm. she said um, the lady before, apologies, I forgot her name, who's absolutely right. I feel like for me, this movement has not, has really, has been about educating white people. So in my example, the call I had internally at work with a thousand people was about saying, we can't fight this alone. And we have fought this alone and it's getting us nowhere. So therefore, if you're looking to be an ally, to sitting there in your very comfortable chair um, as a middle class people, male, female, etc., we need you to speak out and look out for these microaggressions and taking place in the workplace right underneath you knows that you're completely oblivious to. No one's asking you to go around fighting lunatics in the streets 
you know, who are crazy racist. These things are right on our doorstep. So I absolutely agree everything that she said. It is about, for me, it's about actually saying, this has been going on for so long. Now you work with us to fight racism. It's, we can't do it alone. So it's absolutely important. It, it, and it comes back to that. And I feel like in this point, people are, at least from my personal perspective, I seem to get a lot of people who are more willing to listen and try to learn than previous engagements about racism. Thank you so much. Bernard, if you just want to go quickly before we move on to social. Yeah, just, just a real quick one. Uh, I, I think that they've all like, hit on all the vital points, but there's two things I, I just want to say. Now, protesting, there is nothing wrong with protesting, right? Because, you know, our individual constitutions um, make that provision. And when you think about it, you know, people of color, they're always going to be the minority. What kind of platforms are you going to get, you know, to be able to air out your views or your opinions or how you feel about a situation? So obviously you, you need to, you know, get that one good opportunity. And, and this, this um, George Floyd situation has, has changed things already. <clears throat> I, can't, I can't speak for the UK. But over here, things have changed already. And, you know, um, cases that, you know, supposedly were died down um, have now been, you know, are working and there is a lot of things being done about it. So I think that, you know, and of course, when you, when you study more psychology and you learn a bit more about emotional intelligence and emotional maturity, it, 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 it helps you to understand how you can be emotional or emotionally assertive. You know, so of course we don't we don't encourage the looting and all all these rioting, but our voices need to be heard. You know, yes, we we can show what we're made of through excellence, but at the same time, when something is being done done to you, you have to speak up. And like the other person said, now when we relate this to the workplace in terms of mental health, we need to think about the fact that you know we as black people many a times we're I would use the word scared to, to, to speak, but because of stigma, right? Because the moment somebody knows that there's something wrong about you, you know, the way you'll be, you'll be maligned doesn't help, you know, but I think we've come of age where we, we know that, you, that you know, we have to ask for help. And I strongly encourage that. And that's why I posted a couple of, of discussions that I, have, I usually have on Sundays about mental health on there. So feel free to watch it. But it's really, really important that, you know, when you're going through some situation, the most important thing for everybody is to know what your baseline is. Because once you know what your baseline is and, you know, something doesn't feel right, you need to seek for help, you need to ask for help and don't wait till it becomes a problem. Because then when it becomes a problem and it gets to a certain point, then you have to overly work so, so many times to be able to bring yourself back. And in that state of mind where you probably get yourself to, you know, you might end up losing a whole lot of things. Either that you're losing your job or you might, you know, like the other person said, talk about anxiety, you know, PTSD. There's a whole lot that, that comes with mental health. So I think it's really, really important that we move away from being stigmatized by, you know, whoever it is, you know, whether it be people of color or being, you know, white people, whoever it is. But it's very, very important that we don't joke with it. And I'm sure the, the radiologists on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the call can speak more to how the human brain is wired. And if you know how it's wired, you will know that when you have a problem, you need to seek help as soon as possible before things get exacerbated. Thanks. Thank you so much, Bernard. Thank you, thank you so much. I think we've talked a bit a lot and I think this conversation definitely needs to continue. So we'll definitely, I think we're gonna move on now because we have been talking for a while. We're gonna move on to um, solutions. Yeah, so I guess will be the last part of it. So we kind of wanted to talk about socially how, how we can have these discussions because I think we've all kind of said that is that is a big part of it. And um, what solutions do you, do you guys think to some of the problems that we've said? Also with talking socially, do people feel more comfortable now or do they feel less comfortable now speaking on it? Um, I, if I give my own example, I'm, I put up posts on um, Facebook and a couple of people deleted me. Friends that I'd had probably for about 20 years had um, deleted me, but that's fine because then we're not friends. So that's fine. If you're not part of the struggle, then we can't have that. If I can't speak openly about my struggle and you don't want to understand it, that's fine. Um, I think in terms of having a solution, I talk to my friends. My friends have messaged me. 
I, I shouted them out as well for um for being included in the conversation and asking me questions like how did this make you feel and how can I help and stuff like that so I don't what I don't want to do is label all white people racist because that's not true um I live in Essex too um just like Keely and I've seen a lot of racism myself we were out um shopping on Sunday and somebody shouted black lives matter um as a joke as a joke <laughs> and just ran away and we were just like very taken back by that and she and then someone shouted why are you not at the protest now we um samson mentioned I, um earlier i have um pre-existing issues so i can't i couldn't be there so i posted about doing other things and i think it's important that everybody knows that they can have a part and that they can help so if you have any solutions please feel open to having um this discussion now i think this is going to take a majority of the rest of our conversation because it's important that we move forward also they still sell gully rock dolls in Wentford market but um, i have to say with my friends a lot of who are on this call as well who are not black i i've i've i'm happy that they've been comfortable asking me the questions and this has been way before um this all started as well and just asking me things and like don't don't be afraid we're friends why can't we do that and actually um, acknowledging that this is going on and whether that's by posting or talking to other people about it or encouraging them I just have to say I'm, I've been happy myself with that definitely um Ray hi so um I'm, I'm actually gonna shout out Samson um a couple of I think the first I think in March or April um he did a, a call about you know black people and da, 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 and we um spoke about um yeah. schools and how um career days in schools back in the day I'm not quite sure well actually now it is better but back in the days um in schools in South London the kind of people that would come to show jobs are like that of like you know um plumbers bricklayers so on and so forth like there was never a doctor a pilot a engineer a tech person so in that chat room there was a lot of um conversation like about just showing an alternative thing and i feel like that that can be a very big solution to young people like obviously we right now honestly speaking i'm not sure so i would love to hear but for the younger people just showing a positive outlook like starting from school here is what you can be you don't have to be a player you don't have to be a bus driver you can be a tech giant so that's my thing for the young people but anyone else please let me know <laughs> can i add something can i say something quickly representation is where we start with so for example when you get into primary school you're supposed to be seeing black teachers who are then talking to you yes and teaching you education right and the textbooks need to have some black authors so if we start from scratch that's where it starts when you're in the education system you're supposed to see someone like you who's teaching you textbooks should have not necessarily african authors that's going a bit too deep but black authors so that when you're learning about science you've got a black scientist when you're learning about english poetry it's not just um half cast that poem that i read throughout primary school i think that's the only black poem i ever came across in primary school in the school anthology there were other black poets out there spread that word by the time you get to university because i work in university and i work in the careers department i go to a yearly conference i can count the amount of black people in the room but according to them they've ticked off their bame because they've got a hundred asian people once you've ticked off one initial in the bame category they think they've cleared off bame that's not how it works so another thing is also dismantling the word bame because the black experience is different mm. from the Asian experience, it's different from the minority ethnic experience. The black experience can down even more because the African experience is different from the Caribbean experience. But we, no one's really ready to delve deep into those particular systems. So one solution is, first and foremost, we actually need to get together. Dean said something and a lot of people attacked him, but I actually agree with him to a certain extent. Most of us grew up and the Caribbean and African people didn't get along. So they didn't like each other back then. It's very different now. But the black community doesn't show enough love. We came together when somebody died. That's not how we should be coming together. Had we been formed an alliance beforehand, Black Lives Matter would just be a continuation, not the beginning. Does that make sense? 100%. 100%. I agree. I think there's so much to dismantle for mental health in the community. Mm -hmm. But mental health isn't just the black thing, it's a cultural thing. Because mm -hmm. in my, I'm African, 
that there's no such thing as mental health. What does that mean? You're okay, you're just have headache. Bounce it down, bounce it on your head. But it's actually a lot deeper than that. Does that make sense? Having those conversations with your friends as well. So another thing in terms of mental health, mm-hmm. know who to speak to. Mm-hmm. I have friends that I spoke to during this process that added to my trigger points because what they were saying was getting on my nerves. Why are we in the UK bothered about what happened in America? Well, if that's how you think, let's not have this conversation because we're not on the same page on this. And it's cool, but you do you and I'll do what I'm doing. But mm-hmm. I spoke to people who helped me to rationalise the situation. And I think one of the main problems that we have as black people, and it's not a problem, it's just something that we've gone through. Well, let me speak for myself, actually. I base the narrative based on my feelings and I need to remove my emotion. Let me come to you with facts and it's something that a white person cannot deny. If I'm telling you this is what happened to me in the workplace and I've noted it down, I can give you the date and the time. I can give you email tracing. I can tell you this is what happened. So when I'm coming at you angry, you can see facts and figures. It's not just me saying, I felt sad when you treated me this way or I was really upset. And that doesn't take away from the narrative. It just shouldn't form the basis of the narrative. It should contribute to it. But black people are coming at this with emotion and there's nothing wrong with it. But that can't be the basis of the narrative that has to contribute towards it. So when I'm coming at anybody, I'm coming with facts and figures. You cannot deny that you treated me this way and you treated Karen differently. Because this is what you did to Karen on the 2nd of April at 2pm when she did exactly what I did. Now look, I'm black, she's white. Why did we both treat it differently? Tell me how about that. Then we move forward. That's how I sort of work. And I've learned that the hard way. And it's also looking up because there are people amongst us that we can look to in terms of um, representation. But the human mind, not the black mind, the human mind always wants to look up. So representation should always be the the person that I'm looking forward to, the position I want to get into, which makes sense. However, we've got other people in the community who are doing so well. It's called, how do you call it? Um, it's called the learning, sorry, learning game, sorry. I'm going on forever, I'll just be quick. So it's called learning. No, 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 I'll give you a quick yeah. example. When you're in education, if you're the first person to go into education and you come out with a third class, so the average person, that's not good. Actually, but your learning game is great because you would not have got a third class if you had not gone to university. I.e. Yeah. someone who would have originally got a 2-2 has now come out with a first class. Your learning, um, your learning game is a lot greater than the person who would have got a first class and still got a first class. Mm-hmm. We're not taking mm-hmm. away from you because you got a first class, but you expected to get that anyway. So the learning game is not there. Does that make sense? So yeah. we need to understand how to look at other people as well and see how they're contributing to society. That dustbin man who you don't want to work in his position, well, actually, he's got a making an earnest living. He's yeah. a representation of someone who's contributing positively into this society, into this community. So yeah, there's so many different solutions. I'm just going to sort of keep it quiet and get back to writing on the comment section. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, a, Emma made some great points. Emma, make sure you stick your um, IG or contact details inside the chat, please. I definitely like to continue this conversation. Um, Bernard, did you have your hand up before? The only yeah. um, thing I was just going to raise that was a really interesting topic brought up around dismantling BAME and us being lost within the statistics. And when you talk about, you know, what positive actions can we t- take forward? Um, an interesting discussion I had internally with my workplace was around looking at our graduate intakes. Where, you know, are we all just, what is the difference between an economics degree from a Russell Group University versus a non-Russell Group University? If you get a first from whichever, what does it matter? So from that perspective i think we need to address that first we need to create a pool of talent you know for some of us who we need to pave the way for people after us who may have a just a you know a a slightly easier experience so let's start looking at the recruitment pool let's start looking at our apprenticeship programs let's start looking about apprenticeship programs let's start looking at our interns where are we getting these interns from you know i've worked at previous organizations where i made a comment i said we've got clones what's going on out there so it's time you know it's about speaking up and just really having that honest conversation with our hr departments is why are we going to these particular group of universities to pick up these graduates and then expecting the same results 
right? That's so amazing. you're talking about positive action. That's, I think, internally in my organization, that's one very honest conversation we've had and we've, we're actually committed to making a change. The BAME aspect of dismantling BAME, that's a really, really interesting one because I think us black people, we do get lost in the statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the moment... I th- I don't know. I'll welcome everyone else's view simply because we've got, you know, we've got the Black Lives Matter movement. We're trying to make a change, but at the same time, we don't want to discredit our other ethnic minority colleagues who we've all, you know, stood shoulder to shoulder to have these issues, have a coffee break, saying, you know, what's going on, whether they're from India or Chinese background, etc. So that's an interesting topic, and I welcome everyone else's view. But in terms of positive changes we're making to organisations, I think looking at a pool of graduates, intern apprenticeships is the first port of call. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I definitely feel like we've noted down some solutions as well. So what I've I've done with um, some of um, the people that I've been working with to thrive is we've started um, a GoFundMe for the Black Wall Street UK. So what we're actually going to do is create this pool of um, funds so we can actually put them in different organisations and businesses. Um, Starting a black publisher is very important as well, even though there's some out there. So we're looking at economic empowerment because we know that economy equals change. Let's be honest, all these leaders in the world is money that is driving them to do what they're doing most of the time, not just for them being a superior race, but it's also that. So that's what we're looking into. So I'm going to put the link in the bio as well, and I'll keep putting it in so we can all, um, we've been, people have been donating, some people have been carrying pots to go and donate as well, but we're just trying to um, really drive change. So yeah, that is our, that's our take on what we're going to do to help going forward um melissa do you want to speak and then we're gonna have a couple more but very short ones melissa hello yeah hello yeah, oh um, i was trying to figure out how to raise my hand all this time <laughs> but anyway <laughs> um just kind of um kind of adding on to what emma was saying um obviously i come come from the education sex i'll be in a teacher um and i have worked in a school in the past that's been predominantly black um so i've kind of of seeing things firsthand but I think it's important to start with the young um, and getting rid of having those conversations not being afraid to have those conversations often as a kind of colour teacher in a school we'll kind of put off having those conversations um, and yeah we need to kind of not be afraid to speak up also um, um, <laughs> and also getting uh, accessing it through curriculum so like history a lot of the history curriculum is dated Um, and doesn't really go into black history Um, and that's a problem and schools are often put off by going into those sort of topics and teachers don't want to teach those particular topics because they're uncomfortable Um, so also kind of utilizing the curriculum and getting rid of glass ceilings and stereotypes I think is important. Thank you so much. Um, So a couple of points really. Um, um, if any of the young young boy young people want to get into allied health, um, I'll be happy to guide them through. We have different career uh, points which one can go into. And once you graduate, you are sure of your profession. You don't need to uh, be around not having a job. So we have different five different professions, allied health healthcare professions that we can um, encourage people to go into from college um, to university. And once you finish, you just, you know, go into your career, really. Yeah, that's uh, one of the things for today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Jonas, can you leave your information again inside the uh, group chat, please? So people can follow you and also I can send a follow-up email to everybody. That would be great. Dean? Uh, yes, yes, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I okay, think I'll just be quick. topic of controversy. <laughs> y- yes, I accept that. There, there's no, there's no crime in that. <laughs> All of us don't have to be the same. <laughs> okay, so um, I think I would, I'll, I'll speak again about the, the American situation because, um, the UK situation is is a bit different from my perspective. I find, um, the average black um, uh, person in the UK is far more aspirational than. Um, the average black American. So I want to focus on the black American and I'll be quick. I, I do I have noticed that they have actually lost that aspirational spirit. Um, if you read about people like Madam C.J. Walker, 
I mean, she was a multimillionaire 150 years ago um, when there was still slavery, basically. I mean, so something has been lost um, in the spirit of the black American. I don't know whether it's because they don't have any more good leaders over there. Um, ever since the death of um, King and Malcolm X, nobody really seems to really care about them. Most of their leaders are political. So whenever they can find their way back again to aspirational things and start businesses and run businesses and start becoming owning Fortune, Fortune 50 companies, gradually, gradually, I think um, they'll be able to find ways around um, handling this racism thing. Thank you very much. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I, I, I know I made some faces uh, from the last speaker. Thank you, Dean. But I think I've had the opportunity to live live both lives, uh, both in the UK and and here in the US. And I can tell you that um, we are making a headway, but not at the rate at which uh, we we wanted it to be. And I think I don't know who said that before. I think it's Dean. I think that the solution needs to start with us, you know. And of course, Vanessa and and Natalie and Tasha, you would know, um, because any time I'm speaking to you guys, I said, no, I'm in school. Okay, what, what else are you doing again? What else are you doing again, right? So we fail many a times to add value to ourselves, right? Now, knowing that because we're people of color, irrespective of where you are, if it's not in a black dominated country, you should know that for whatever reason, certain people are gonna, you know, take precedence over you. So, but you need to add value to yourself, but we don't do that. And I, I will testify for myself, having lived in both countries and encountered these quote unquote institutional stuff, but I've been able to wiggle my way through and it's all based on the fact that I added value to myself. Now, you don't have to be overly, overly educated. Now, that there are other traits. There is stuff that you can do to add value to yourself. So I think one of the solutions is you have to add value to yourself. And sometimes when you add that value to yourself, it doesn't matter where you find yourself. If you're the chosen one, you will be picked. I can tell you for sure, right? And for me, I've been here, in, you know, I think this is my 10 year. I've been here for 10 years. And if I tell you where I work right now, you will, you won't, you'll, you'll be shocked. But I can't say it. But I'm just telling you that we as people of color, we need to also look at ourselves first and add value to ourselves even before we start making it. Because what's the point you're making that noise, but you haven't added the value to yourself, but then there are people who have added value to themselves. So they, they will be put in, in the forefront. So education, educating ourselves, but then we also need to start from home. Thank you. Thank you, Bernard. I definitely agree. Thank you. I just want to be quick. I'm sort of going off something I read from someone called Dr. Cloud Anderson, and he said, Black people in America, and I'll say the same thing for the UK, were stripped of resources, and that's why we don't own anything. That's why we can get killed and be treated like anyhow. If we own things and we had something to say, they wouldn't get rid of us and treat us anyhow. So the first thing we need to do is get economic foundations. Definitely. Find your businesses, get businesses, invest in property, something that you can stake your claim on. They can't kick you out if you stake your claim in the country. And that's just follow a political foundation where we start actually um, what do you call it, voting in the right people. We just automatically vote um, Labour Party thinking they're for us. None of them are actually for us. Actually. Why not start looking at Lib Dems and other political parties and then from there you develop into the Justice, justice Foundation. So economic, buy into stuff. Start owning resources. Political, vote in the right people by doing the research and mobilising your people. Justice, you really need to get the right people on board i.e. when a black person is sent to prison for five years for what a white person is sent for one year, we've got to sort out the justice. And that follows the media, change the narrative. The black person is not the thug. Wearing a hood does not make you a robber. Black people are not ghetto. That's media. Then we need to focus on education. 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 Educate the child so that they can think for themselves and they don't have to relate to the system or rely on benefits or rely on the system. Relying on benefits isn't a bad thing because I've been there, I'm just saying. Educate your people and we'll move forward. But yeah, I'll just leave it at that. No, definitely. Sorry, that's one of the things that we would want to do in the Black Human Wall Street UK. We're trying to fund more teachers and we're also trying to get um, set up educational programs for evenings and weekends for children to learn more about Black history. And that's just not 
for black people. I also want all ethnic minorities to come to this school because I think it does happen. It starts when they're young. And if we can kind of, it's kind of like a deinstitutionalized, um, use that type of system, then I think things will change for the future generation and even change for us. So that's what we're looking at at the moment. If we do want to go. Okay, so I think just my um, um, input on the solutions, I think. Um, I, I think some of the stuff I've kind of already started to happen. So I think conversations is definitely important and it needs to kind of continue. Um, I think what I've personally learned for myself is trying not to be too defensive when it comes to the topic of the black struggle um, and, and trying to listen because I think when we have these conversations without emotion and really just open a mind, um, then we can educate other races a bit better um, in in things that we've, we things that we that they definitely need to learn about. So I think the conversation just needs to go on. And I also think that in the topic of Black history, um, I, I tend to I feel that a lot of that conversations tend to be on the. Um, you know slavery and and civil struggles in the U.S. and 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 I think Black history goes far more beyond, uh, far more further than that. I think we also need to have conversation about ourselves as a people, um, not just about slavery, where we come from, what's the history around Africa, what's the history around, you know, uh, the things, that, the, the really great things that Black Americans have achieved, the things that they've discovered, uh, have created, all that stuff needs to be added in the conversations. I think sometimes, um, I, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I feel like sometimes when the conversation of Black history comes up, I just feel like I, even though I'm black, I can't relate because I, I I'm not black American, and I know the conversation tends to sort of go around um, slavery. And I think you know, black people come from so many different places. You have the black Caribbeans, you have the the blacks in in, in Europe, and you have the blacks in, in in Africa. And we all have it, the, the history is so diverse. And I think we need to also be giving information and sharing information about all the great things that black people have done over over the t over the years um and then lastly i think it really is just for us to pass on the baton to the next generation i think um um whoever um, well within ourselves who the, the them i guess within ourselves those who are parents and those who have um 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 close access to younger generations so young boys and girls i think we really need to start to um have these conversations with them a lot earlier on so i think for a lot of us we just grow up and then we get into our adulthood and we start to face things and we're not quite sure what's really happening to us and then we start to learn about slavery i think a lot of parents and a lot of maybe people in the education sector need to maybe have conversation with you know children of um of um african or african-american african european heritage and just talk about um us as a people and things that we struggle with and also trying to you know open them up into a lot of the the, the things and the possibilities that they can achieve in the future so that you know we don't have a repeat of history where we have a high percentage of the black black population um under the poverty line um i think if we just start to have this conversation with the next generation a lot earlier i don't know for, for most of you guys but i feel like um personally for myself a lot of this conversation didn't happen in my household my parents didn't talk about my parents didn't talk about it i didn't really let, learn most, most of this from my parents so i'm only just that you know starting to hear and having this conversation i think the earlier we have this conversation and mm -hmm. and and equip uh you know young ones to to be prepared for what life has to offer but also educate them on the things that they can achieve i think that sort of equips them for the future that that's just my addition to it i love that i love that thank you so much if he can you make sure you thank you guys so much for joining this conversation wow i didn't know we've actually been talking for like two hours and 36 <laughs> minutes um i feel like part two needs to happen because clearly we're all um, and I would like to hear from more people from other races as well. Um, it'd be good to get into the conversation because 
we're not going to know if we're saying the right things. Um, I don't know if we're saying the right things or having like creating the solutions. We need to have these conversations. So I want to thank you all for joining this evening and, and I hope it hasn't taken too much of your time, but it's been very insightful from everyone. Thank you to all the speakers, everybody who's contributed, everybody who's contributed in the chat. And um, thank you to Tasha because it was actually my sister who came to me and wanted to have this conversation. So thank you so much for bringing this conversation <laughs> to the table and I just want to thank you all so um a lot, everyone. and Thanks keep safe please look for information on our pages and um please see the mental health um the mental health help that you need the positivity and keep everything going thank you so much guys thanks everyone bye, bye. take care